Katie Books Productions presents Lenny Gray, an audio drama written, produced, and narrated by Earl Sewell. Previously on Lenny Gray. My daddy say we can get something called a homestead just like them Quintus had. We buy some land and fix it up. He hurried in Mississippi. The government is looking for folks to start a homestead, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to get one and farm it. That's the way it's going to be, Lenny. All we're going to do is settle for a short time with my mama's folks, then go to the government office and talk to the people about buying a piece of land. Lenny Gray's feelings were beyond bruised by Curly's dismissal of her dream of a better life in a northern city. The loss of her dream hurt. Her emotions took over, and she felt tears stinging the back of her eyes. That deep feeling of wanting to run away, of wanting to be free, and make a better life on her own, had been placed on its deathbed, and Lenny Gray had to grieve the loss of it. Lenny Gray was partially asleep. Her head was slumped between her shoulders, her throat was dry, she was cold, and her back ached. She reluctantly came into full awareness when she felt Curly's heavy hand slap her thigh rapidly. What? She answered irritably as she attempted to reposition herself. We almost there, said Curly. It's about time. We've been driving for nearly two days. Lenny Gray looked out into the horizon and at the sky which was painted red and orange. It still looks like we just a mile and a half past nowhere. It might look that way, but we almost there. It took so long because there are only certain gas stations that serve Negroes. Tom and I don't know all the places that serve colored folks and know which roads to stay off of because police might pull you over and kill you just because they can. Lenny Gray grimaced. Yeah, I know. You keep telling me that. She sat upright and massaged the cramp in her neck with the heel of her right hand and fingertips. When she was done, she glanced over at Curly and said, You look like you're about to doze off. You should pull over again and get yourself a little rest. No, we could get into a heap of trouble doing stuff like that on this here road. My daddy told me a story about a man who done like you saying on this road. Huh, police come around and told him that a colored man sleeping on his highway was against the law. They locked him up and sentenced him to hard labor for it. I'm going to do like my daddy said the last time we stopped. I'm going to keep on driving until we get to where we're supposed to be. I worry about resting when I get somewhere that I can lay my head down worry-free. Curly, why do you think police are so mean to colored folks? Lenny Gray asked, searching for an answer that would justify the hatred towards them. 
Shrugging his shoulders, Curly said, It's always been that way. White folks got all the power and can do what they please. My job as a man is to keep that power away from me and my family, like my daddy done did. Don't make no sense for a man like me to fight power when I ain't got none of my own. Hide and live small. And without too many nice things is the right thing to do. All I want to do is keep a roof over my head, food in my belly, and work a farm. Those are the only things I got in this here world. Well, besides making children and enjoying what comes natural between a man and a woman, and the last thing is just dying. All I want for us and our kids is a simple and easy life hidden away on a small farm where nobody pays much attention to us. That's perfect living, Lenny. Our family sticking together and not worrying about anything else in the world. Our children, they'll love a life like that. Focusing her gaze on Curly, Lenny Gray noticed his eyes were heavy with fatigue. You really look like you need to rest, she said, sniffing the scent of moonshine on his breath. I'm fine. We're going to have a big family and our children will walk the farm. The only thing me and my generations will need to do is keep to ourselves and stay away from the white man. The baby kicked inside of Lenny Gray's belly, and she groaned while she repositioned herself. This baby wants to kick the inside of my belly out. Lenny Gray complained as she repositioned once again. I wish there were a place where colored folks got better treatment. Not on this oif. This is as good as it gets for people like us. It don't make no kind of sense to do more than what you can. Just like that baby, stirring around in your belly, trying to do more than what your insides will stand for. That's how we got to look at life, Lenny. We have to stay small, live small, be small, and hide. You ain't making no sense to me, Curly. You say not to do more, but here you are, trying to buy a homestead instead of sharecropping like everybody else. Ain't that like trying to do more? Lenny Gray asked. Curly was briefly dumbfounded. He felt as if Lenny Gray had gotten inside of his head and started twisting his thoughts around so that he would become confused. It was like her words plowed through his logic, knocked him down, and it did so without her actually touching him. He didn't like the way her thinking got in his mind and belittled him. In a flash, his hot temper ignited, projecting his anger on her like a thunderclap that wakes a household in the middle of the night. Curly said, I don't like it when you try to think better than me, Lenny. I am the man, and all you need to do is like I say. You ain't got no right, none whatsoever, to be trying to turn my ways around on me. I ain't trying to turn your words against you. I'm just trying to understand things a little better is all. What harm is there in that? Lenny Gray voiced, noticing how Curly clutched the steering wheel so tightly that the bones of his knuckles looked as if they wanted to tear through his skin. What for? Curly said. The onlyest thing I think a woman can do is stir up damnation for herself, and I know I ain't married that kind of gal. Don't think, Lenny. Just do like I tell you. Curly's words left Lenny Gray feeling unappreciated and of little value. 
Instead of allowing their chit-chat to wrestle with each other over right and wrong and better or worse, she concluded it was best to remain quiet in order to keep civility between them. Hand me that jug of moonshine right down the floor. Looking down, Lenny Gray retrieved the pitcher for him. Pulling out the cork with his teeth, Curly took both hands off the steering wheel and took several gulps. Here, put that back, Curly instructed. I got the good evil spirits in my system now. Moonshine will keep my mind right so your trickery won't get inside my head and mess up my good thinking. Curly looked at Lenny Gray with hazy vision. The whites of his eyes were as red and yellow as the rising sun. It wouldn't be long before his emotions were completely numb from the alcohol. That's the way he liked it. He didn't like to feel all of those big emotions because he didn't understand them and he damn sure didn't know what to do with them except ignore them and keep them buried. turned off the main road and onto an unpaved one. As they drove along, Lenny Gray looked out at the multitude of people heading out to the fields to start working. The people stopped, gazed, and pointed their fingers at them, which made Curly, who had perked up, feel more important than he actually was. With a broad smile and a sense of self-worth that was too full of itself, Curly said, They're probably wondering who we is. Probably ain't never seen colored people driving cars in these parts. Lenny Gray didn't respond to the comment. Her feelings were still raw, like a freshly peeled onion, from the way Curly had cut her down. They probably don't see colored folks driving in cars like the ones we in. Curly said again, and waited for Lenny Gray to validate his success. Probably not, Lenny Gray muttered, and then smeared away a tear with the pad of her index finger. What's the matter with you? Why are you quiet all of a sudden? You say you don't want a woman that thinks. So I'm just going to sit here and be quiet like a branch on a tree that's been broke off and laying on the ground. I ain't going to bother you or nobody else. I'm just going to let people come by and kick me whenever they feel like it. And I won't say a word, Lenny Gray said, and then waited for an explosive response. There you go, trying to turn what I done told you into something crazy. What's done got inside your head? Did some evil woman spirit jump into your body while I wasn't looking? Curly glared at Lenny Gray fiercely. No. Well, then stop acting like a woman is supposed to act. Stop acting like you got good sense that come from someplace other than me. I'm older than you is, therefore I'm smarter, Curly said, who had made his age a symbol of maturity and aptitude that was to be respected. I know Curly. Lenny Gray tried not to belittle him so that he could enjoy his fantasy and keep his pride intact.
Curly continued to follow Tom and pulled off the unpaved road and onto a small patch of grass in front of a shanty. I guess we here, Curly said before turning off the motor and opening the door and stepping out. Where's he at? This place looks like a mile past nowhere. We in Tallahatchie County. This is where we gonna start over. Lenny Gray stepped out of the vehicle and glanced around. There wasn't much difference between Dixon Mills, Alabama and Tallahatchie County, Mississippi. The landscape looked the same to her. There was nothing but flat land and back-breaking labor as far as the eyes could see. Is you all right? Ida had come over and asked Lenny, who slowly exited the car. I don't know, she answered, placing her hands on her stomach. Get yourself a little time to get used to being uprooted. Fold long, you'll be all settled in in your own house with the baby. Where are we going to live until we find a house? Lenny Gray asked. Lenny, you and Curly going to be in a place before the sun goes down. Ida boasted confidently. Trust the words I'm telling you. How? This here is where my brother lives. He's probably out there in the field somewhere working. I'm going to go out there and find him. Then, we're going to go see the boss man and rent two farmhouses. Once we get settled in, we're going to look into finding some government land to buy and build our own houses on. Ida beamed. And it was the first time Lenny Gray had ever seen anything close to a smile from Ida's face. She always looked stern and unforgiving. Around these parts will be a perfect place to raise a big family and work a farm and start that town of pretty light-skinned folks. Ida placed her hands on her hips and glanced around as if she had just arrived at the promised land that God had promised the Israelites. You are probably going to go into labor in the next few days, Ida said, glancing at Lenny Gray's balloon belly. So, we better hurry up and get you and Curly all settled in. I hope the baby don't come before Tangie Mae gets here. She said she would help me deliver. Tangie Mae don't know as much about delivering babies into the world as I do. As soon as you start leaking, you send Curly to come and get me. That means your time done come. I know what to do when that happens. Lenny Gray nodded her head, agreeing to call her when the time came. Do you want me to walk out there with you to help you find your brother, Mo? Tom asked as he approached. He had come from an empty shanty with Curly trailing behind him. That's fine with me, Ida said as she began walking towards the field. Curly, wait here with Lenny. We shouldn't be too long. I'll have Mo to take me to see the boss man. I'll take care of getting you and Lenny Gray a place. All right, Curly said and placed his arm around Lenny Gray. I need to sit back down, said Lenny Gray, wiping beads of sweat from her forehead with her forearm. Are you going to make it? I'm just a little dizzy as all, Lenny Gray said as she tried to find a sitting position that was comfortable. I've been thinking, Curly, Lenny Gray spoke softly. How many times do I have to tell you about thinking? Damn, woman, we ain't been here a good five minutes and you already fixing your mouth for a fight. Curly growled at her. 
Why can't I say things to you without you getting all twisted up? I ain't twisted up. And stop saying things about me that ain't real. Curly barked at her. Then he walked towards the car that Tom drove. He tucked his head inside and reached for a jug of moonshine. Lenny Gray watched as he turned the jug up to his lips and gulped down the liquor. All I wanted was to talk about a name for the baby. Lenny Gray whispered to herself. She looked up at the heavens and spoke to God inside of her mind. God, please help me find the right words when I'm talking to Curly. Sometimes it seemed like he two different people and I don't know how to deal with both of them. God, please send me a sign that lets me know that you heard my prayer. Lenny Gray kept her gaze towards the heavens and waited. All she saw was blue sky that didn't have an edge to it. Then, without warning, she felt moisture between her thighs. She pulled herself to her feet and heard the sound of liquid splashing on the ground. Curly, she said out loud. Go get Ida. The baby is coming. Lenny Gray was taken into one of the empty shanties. A sheet was hung from a nail to cover the doorway, and several more were placed on the floor, and Lenny Gray was told to lay on them. Ida had some of the young girls and women come in from the fields to help with the birth. They bought towels, pillows, water, and a piece of wood for Lenny Gray to bite down on. After several hours, Lenny Gray's contractions were less than 60 seconds apart. I've been waiting to meet this pretty baby you and Curly done made, Ida said excitedly as she positioned herself between Lenny Gray's legs. Now, child, you got to push just a little bit more. Miss Lucy here is an old friend, and she's going to help out with the last part of the birth. Lenny Gray was sweaty and tired from all the pushing and bearing down she had already been doing, but... She took a hold of Miss Lucy's hand and screamed and pushed some more for what seemed like an eternity. Finally, she heard Ida say, I got her. Oh, you didn't had a pretty baby girl. Let me see her. Lenny Gray reached for her baby after Ida and Lucy cleaned away the afterbirth and severed the umbilical cord. What did you and Curly name her? Ida asked. I don't know yet. We ain't had a chance to talk about it none. Lenny Gray said looking at her daughter for a long moment before offering one of her breasts for feeding. Well, you'll get all cleaned up and then I'll send one of the young girls for Curly, Ida said, caressing the sign of the baby's face with her index finger. I think I'll tell Curly I want to name her Mary after his grandmother. That's a nice name. You don't want to name after your own mother, Janie Pearl? Ida asked. No, I want to name her Mary.
Hi, this is Earl Sewell, author, creator, and narrator of the audio drama podcast, Lenny Gray. I wanted to stop in to say thank you to the listeners of the show. This show has been listened to in a number of countries, and I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge the people in the following countries for listening to this podcast. And here they are in no particular order. China, the U.S., Hong Kong, Russia, Colombia, South America, Argentina, South America, Australia, Finland, Hungary, Germany, France, Ireland, England, the Philippines, Bulgaria, Italy, Canada, Nigeria, and South Africa. I don't know who you are, but I do know that you're tuning into the show weekly, or bi-weekly uh, for that matter. I know that you're tuning into this podcast bi-weekly, and I wanted to give you a personal thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Um, I really appreciate you for taking the time to listen to my creativity. Also, please feel free to share a link to this podcast on all of your social media websites and recommend it to friends. The second thing, if you want a little bit more about the Lenny Gray uh, podcast, I have a Facebook group that you can go and join. It's called Lenny Gray Audio Drama Podcast. It's a Facebook group. It's free to join. You can go over there and you can get some behind the scenes stuff about the podcast and a little bit more about me. I hope you will take the time to join me in that group. And the last thing that I want to share with you. Lenny Gray is just one of about 25 novels I've written. Lenny Gray is one that I turned into a podcast. I have a number of other works. Another one of my works is called Keisha's Drama. It's book one in an eight-book series, and it's a young adult series. So for those of you who have young adult readers and you want to give them some really good reading, then try out Keisha's Drama. What is about to follow is an excerpt from that novel. I hope you enjoy it. Oh, and by the way, you can download Keisha's Drama wherever books are sold via Amazon, via uh, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million. I hope you enjoy this excerpt from Keisha's Drama. I'm really not the type of girl who likes to get caught up in a lot of drama. But sometimes, I feel like drama is closer to me than my own shadow. And sometimes, situations become explosive. Like an earth-shattering thunderclap that comes with strong spring storm. I know that's a messed up way to think about my life, but it's true. I just saw my so-called boyfriend Ronnie at the movie theater with his arm around a girl from school. There I was, at a movie by my damn self because he told me that he couldn't hang out because he had to study for a chemistry exam. He was working on chemistry, but not the type that was in a book. He didn't even see me in the darkness of that movie theater. He sat two rows in front of me. He started whispering in her ear as he fed her his nachos. When I saw him do that, I lost my cool. I jumped up out of my seat, took the lid off my slushie, walked down the steps toward them and said, you need something to help drink with that? And threw my drink on him. Then the messed up part is the fact that I had to hustle up on the money to even go to the movie theater by braiding hair for some badass kids. 
And not only is the Ronnie situation messed up, my whole life is messed up. And I just don't know what to do.